Good evening. Happy New Year. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is commitment. Last month we were focused on goals and we are following up with this month with some tools for you to strengthen your commitment in 2016. First, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Mr. Tim O'Kelly. Tim started his journey in personal growth in 1988 when he attended all of the PSI courses. He made a decision to make this his life's work and became a trainer in 1991. He is passionate and loves this work. Tim, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. Um, you know, I'm very excited because we finished the year 2015 with a topic of, you know, how to have the goals that we want, how to have what we want in our life. And, you know, I brought something in that was, uh, you know, one of Mr. Will Height, the co-founder of PSI Seminars. One of his, his, his favorite topics was around intention. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that takes a while to wrap our head around, our heart around, because it's so easy when, when we come and do these classes or do personal development that, you know, we get excited and we want to well, we produce a result. We want to have something more in our life. And then we go about it in ways that don't always work. And so what I talked about last month, I want to do a little recap because I know or I hope anyway, that some of the people that are on this call are new people um, that were not on the call uh, last uh, at the end of the year. And so what I, the recap is very simple. Um, I went into it much more in detail, but we don't have to for this call. I think I'll just make the point, and that is that when it comes to having more in our life, what we often focus on is what I'm going to go do, what I've got to go do. What I've got to, to go make happen to have my dream come true. Um, and, and we focus on, I want to have a car. I want to have money. I want to have a thing, you know, a house, a relationship, a human being. That's weird that that goal may sound. My goal is to have a human being. Uh, but, but a thing, you know, and, and sometimes we struggle, and why don't we get it? Why are we not achieving it? Why are we not making the money we want? Why am I, Why has she not decided to be in a relationship with me? You know, I'm doing a lot of practicing. I'm doing the tools and stuff, but what's wrong? And that's what I wanted to start with last month and end it with this one and start a new year really off on the right track. So what I brought up last time was that what we ultimately are looking for as human beings, and, and this is true with anyone, you know, and I'll do a quick analogy just to show you, and, and you might not drink coffee, but translate if you need to. But um, if you go drink coffees, and sometimes you go to a coffee shop, uh, not all the times, but sometimes we do. If you're a coffee snob, a real one like I am, we go to Starbucks, we go to, uh, you know, we go to Pete's Coffee, we go to the Coffee Bean or whatever, and we, we'll walk inside and we'll spend I might be exaggerating, maybe five times what we would spend if we made it at home or even went to 7-Eleven. You know, we spend four at least times. Why? Well, just think about this. If you do go to a coffee shop, right when you walk inside that coffee shop, you're immediately with like-minded people. Is that not true, right? Now, you walk into 7-Eleven, you're not with like-minded people, most likely. But you walk into a coffee shop, you're automatically with like-minded people, right? Coffee snubs, people that will say four to five times what we need to pay. Now you walk in, now look around on the walls. What are you going to see? Most likely you're going to see coffee bags, empty ones, coffee bags, uh, crates, right? Sometimes they do crates, they do coffee bags that show you that these beans that you're drinking came from Venezuela, uh, Colombia, South America, you know, all over. 
They flew them in for you to have these beans. Okay, then you walk up and you order this drink that lasts five minutes just to say, you know, you've heard everybody stood behind somebody and listened to them order. And you're like, wow, how does the person on the other side even remember all that? You know, skinny, half, no whip, frat, I mean, just all this, right? Because it's very personal. You get to design your own drinks. See, we like that. There's something about that we like. And that's the point to this. Um, and then we, you know, we pay for it five times, four times. Um, and then we go wait for it, and then we hear our name being called. See, it's very personal. Then we walk up, and we get a specialized drink that was made by a professional. Barista. You see, you have to say it that way, right? Barista. You know, and so why do we go there and spend four to five times as much? And you know what? I want to bring this point up. If we have anybody on this call who is young, who is in, well, let me say this, getting ready to start their career, like, what do I want to do for a livelihood? I really want you to think about this. So let me go back to the point of the story. Why do we go? We go for the experience. And most likely, it's completely unconscious. But we go for the experience. We don't go for the coffee. We can make it at home. I can make it for you at 7-Eleven. And when I say that, I'm not joking because that was an exercise that we did is how close could we get to Starbucks and have people taste them. You know, the only thing that we did was we brought a blender in Starbucks. I mean, the 7-Eleven that we were at didn't have a blender. And people could not tell. It's the experience. People will pay a lot of money for an experience. And that's what I want to share with the, the youth that's out there or even people thinking about changing careers. If you want to, to, to build up your wealth or to make money, think about that. People will pay incredible amounts of money for an experience. Okay? So then what the topic was was what Mr. Wilhite talked about in the basic course about intention about get your intention clear. See, he did not say get your mechanism clear. So a car is a mechanism. Money is a mechanism. A person is a mechanism. A house is a mechanism. Is that what, you got that, that all those things I just said and all the other things, especially like money and a person, these are actually mechanisms. They're not our dream. And so the idea of how to work with commitment for you to actually achieve what you want through your commitment is to start with the highest level that we can go to, which is what are the, what's the experience you want to have? So think – now, okay, think about this. You drive in a car. Say you want to – oh, I don't know. I'll make one up. A really fast car. It's not – the fast car that you're really looking for. It's not. I know you might think it is, but if you really got clear and thought about it, no. It's you like to drive fast, you know? And so you like that rush. You like that adrenaline. You like that thrill. See, that's the most important part right there. Nobody wants money. I've never met one person since I started doing this class in 1980. I've never met one person who wants money. Now, please hear a lot of people come through the class and say they want money, but when they get really honest about it, no, that's just a mechanism also. They want money to experience something else. They want money to, to be able to have a nice home, and that's still a mechanism, to enjoy connection, enjoy family, right? And even if they say, no, I want money to, uh, to, to go on a vacation. Well, see, vacation's not even – the real goal, that's still a mechanism. What do you experience when you're on vacation? That that sense of liberty maybe, that I'm I'm in a foreign country because the things I've done look at look at me go, right? And that sensation, that feeling is what we're after. We're not necessarily looking at my gosh, look at that that that, that building. No, no, no. It's the fact that we're traveling, the, that experience of liberty. Okay? Um, why do you ever want to work for a place? You know, if you ever really want to work for a place, it's for some sort of fulfillment, you know, or a, 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 a job well done. And the, even job well done is a mechanism now that I think about it. It's fulfillment. It's liberty. It's even health. It's intimacy. It's romance. It's love. See, that's what we're all after. And we might be all after all those. So the idea behind this, this concept that we're working with is, 
Get that clear. Get your intention clear. That's how you start working with commitment is get your intention very, 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 very clear. Then now what we do is now we backtrack a bit and we go backwards from it. So say that your mm, say the ultimate experience that you want to have is, is even just happiness to be really, really happy. Well, then now you go and make sure that whatever goal you set, whatever task you set lines up with that. Because if it lines up, that's commitment. You'll get it much faster. See, if it doesn't line up with it, naturally, you're going to go against universal laws. It's going to be really difficult. I'm going to give you a really strange scenario that you would never have this as a, as a way of life or a goal, but I'm going to give it to you because I think it would make sense. Say that my, what I want to experience is to be unhealthy. Okay? Say that that's what I want to experience is to be really, really unhealthy. Okay, now, if I set a goal to go eat healthy, I'm going to have problems. Does that make sense? If my way of life is unhealthy that I want, and I set a goal to eat healthy, I'm going to have a battle. It's going to be tough. Now, let's go to the other way. Say that my lifestyle was that I want to be unhealthy, and then I set a goal is to eat junk food three times a day, right? Do you see how easy that's going to be to do? Well, I'll be eating junk food three, maybe even four. I'll be an overachiever. Why? Because it lines up with the ultimate. It lines up with the experience. Unhealthy junk food lines up. So what the idea behind this is get your intention clear. If you want to be happy, now move it down to get more specific. And now, as weird as this sounds, what are you going to do to be happier? And stay focused on the happiness. Stay focused on the fulfillment. And then I promise, you've heard this before, if you're after money, oh, it'll come. Oh, it'll come. Okay, so the next step would be, say, for example, happiness. Then what are you going to do to be happy? Do you actually know how a person can be happier? What books have you read on happiness? You know, and, and uh, this is just one of the experiences I'm talking about, happiness, but it's pretty crazy to me. It is the number one attended course at Harvard University is the science of happiness because people don't know how to do it. So what books are you reading on happiness? What books are you reading on fulfillment, right? That's the, that's the place you want to focus on. So if you're going to set a goal, you know, it might be to read one or two books on happiness. You know what? And I, you know what? I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to make this quick. Neuroscience came out with this study that said there's five things that a human being can do every day to be happy. Right? Let me just do them real quickly. And I'll just say that this is where you want to focus on, not the money, not the car, not the house, not the person. It's how to be happy. And I'll tell you why that's so important at the end of this. Okay, so the number one thing that a person can do, if they were to practice this every day, it's automatic. It, it, the endorphins, the serotonin, all the good chemical stuff raises when we do these, these fine things. Number one is do something new. Practice doing something new every day. The other word they use is novelty, right? If you drive the same way to work, just drive a different way. Just do something new. Read a new book. Listen to new music. Listen to a new channel for the day. Well, even if it's for an hour, you know. So every day, work on setting a goal of doing something new. Now, that's if you want the experience to be happy. I'll cover some other ones in a moment, okay? So number one is do something new. Number two is challenge yourself. See, this is so good. You know, we talk about goals. This is one of the best goals you could ever set is to challenge yourself. Make sure that you do something every day that's uncomfortable, Right? Challenge that, that pushes you further than what you normally want to go. Right? To challenge yourself. Another way we call it in the class is just take a risk. There's every risk you can take is positive. Let go of the outcome. Every risk you take is positive because you went further than what you thought you could do. Same thing for challenge. Right? Challenge yourself. Go talk to someone you usually don't want to talk to or you're maybe intimidated by. You know, or go, go ask for that promotion. Go ask for that raise. And, 
You know what? If they say no, they might even tell you, well, here are the things you need to do to get it. Well, go do those things. You got it, right? Every risk is positive. So, okay, so number two, challenge yourself. Number three would be to express yourself. Open your mouth in your relationships, in your business. Again, let go of the results. Well, you know, I want to I tell my company this idea, but what if they don't use it? It's okay if they don't use it. You know, Mark Victor Hansen, a dear friend of PSI Seminars, always says this, that if you have an idea come into your mind, say you're sitting in a business meeting and an idea pops into your mind, he is so clear more than anybody I've ever heard. He said, man, make sure you say that. That company needs that. That company needed to hear that. One person in that room needed to hear that. That's why it came to you. So to open your mouth in a relationship, if something's bothering you, Open your mouth, but how easy it is for us to go, no, but I don't want to upset them. I don't want to cause problems. I don't want to be, you know, right? So to express yourself, the next one is connect. Connect with yourself. Practice once a day. Meditation is a great way to connect. It's a great tool that we teach in the, in the, uh, in the basic on the very first day, on Friday. It's to be able to connect with ourselves, know ourselves, know our strengths, know our weaknesses. That's something else you'll learn in the basic course. Okay, is to connect with ourselves. The next one would be, there's actually three on, on connect. So let me go through those real quick. Number one is connect with ourselves. Number two, connect with people. Go engage in conversation. Look in people's eyes. Connect with them. Feel that connection. Really experience that connection with your kids. That connection with your children is unlike any connection you'll ever have. And the parents out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Even your love, your, your intimate relationship, your husband and wife is not going to be the same as that connection you have with the child. And so to experience that connection, even take that connection maybe to a deeper level. And then the third one, this would be a choice because some people don't believe in this and I completely respect that. The third would be if you do believe that there is a higher power to connect with it. You know, and maybe if you're, you're agnostic or atheist, then that, that might not work for you. But, but uh, just the strength and, and, and the goodness in, in, in yourself. Right, connecting with yourself, connecting with people. Right, and then the last one that they say, you know, is just one that works is to give, you know, to contribute. You do that every day, you make sure somebody else's life is better because you were there, which is one of the great um, characteristics that we use in the Pace Set of Leadership Dynamic program in, in, in PSSMR's PLD. Is, uh, it's just a code we operate from is to leave every person in situation better off as a result of you having been there. You do that every day. You risk. You challenge yourself. You do something new. You engage with people. You will be happier. Now, think about that. Could you do all of those in one action? Yes. You really can. Go talk to somebody that might be uncomfortable, right? So talking, that's expressing yourself. Someone that's uncomfortable, someone that's new, make a decision to give to them, whether it's a compliment or just, just having a rich conversation can make their, their life better, right? So you've got most of them all right there in one action, okay? So that's – now, obviously, there's another side to that, and I'll, I'm not going to talk about them because you know them, but if we did the list opposite, it will cause sadness. Number one, do the same thing over and over again, routine, sadness. Number two, stay safe. Number three, stifle yourself. In other words, don't express yourself, okay? Number four, be separate from people. Be separate from yourself. Believe that you are separate. And then number five would be to take. Guaranteed sadness. The other one, the other list, guaranteed happiness. Now, you take that into your life. You take happiness into your life. Watch the results. You get real clear that you want to be happy, and then you practice what it takes to be happy for you. You will be happier, and you bring happiness to your career. You bring happiness to your first date. You know, you bring happiness to whatever. I promise, because in uh, in, in our advanced courses, there's a concept that you're going to work with. Is exactly the concept I'm talking about. That was just another way to say it. Is to start off with the beingness. Start off with the be. Be happy. Right? A lot of people start off with if I 
do these things, then I will be happy, right? Or if I have money, then I'll be happy. Then I can do this. Now, both of those are backwards. You got to start off with the beingness. Be happy. Then go do those things that you want to go do in your life and watch the results pour in. You know, if you're going on a first date, doesn't this just make sense? If you go on the first date thinking that, well, once I have the relationship, have, right, have, have, have first. If I have the relationship, then I'll be happy. Isn't there a tent of desperation in that relationship? Because you're basing it on my happiness doesn't come till I'm in this relationship. So I've got to do everything I can to get this relationship versus go on your first date and be happy. Just be happy as you, as a human being. They'll be knocking at your door, many of them, right? Because that's what we all want is that experience, okay? So let me, let me shift gears and do the same thing with a, uh, say that your experience is that you want to be, you want to experience fulfillment. That's mine. So I want to share a very personal story. When I started doing this work and, and I started to see that things were possible for me because most of my life I just went, well, I'm not creating the life I want. And so that's just the way that I am. You know, other people are better than I am, and, and I just, I'm just not that person. When I came into the basic course, I started to get a glimmer of hope that I could have some things, that I could have a better life. And one of the things that I started looking at was this idea of being fulfilled, not to drive this car, not to have this house, but I wanted to experience what fulfillment really, really, because that's one thing I never experienced. I heard someone say it in a class, and I went, man, that's foreign to me. I don't know what that is. I started looking at that fulfillment. What is fulfillment? And I took on this law of intention that Mr. Wilhite brought to us. And then this idea of beingness, be, do, have, which is really the same thing. It's all under commitment, right? So I thought, okay, let me play with this. If I want to be an experience fulfillment, well, then I thought, okay, well, then what do I have to do? So be, right, fulfillment. So what are some things I could do to, to experience fulfillment? What are some of those things? And, and what came to me, you know, just like I said, if, a, if an idea comes to you, it's there for a reason. One of the things I saw by doing this work is that if I was an instructor, if I did what my instructor did, I have a feeling I would be fulfilled. Okay? I didn't go into it with, I'm going to do the class, I'm going to facilitate to make money. You know, I never ask them how much they pay. I just had an idea that if I facilitated personal development courses, I might be able to experience that happiness and that fulfillment that I desire. So the beingness was first that I had to work on being fulfilled as a human being while I was practicing, while I was in training. Instead of, no, once I will be an instructor, then I'll be fulfilled. No, I had to bring fulfillment into it. So what did I have to start doing? I started working on my life. I had to start really accepting my greatness. I had to start being fulfilled with me. I had to start liking me. And see, that's something I've never done before. And usually what I would have done was, well, when I become an instructor, then I'll like myself. When I become a, a higher up in this company, then I'll, be, I, I'll feel really good about myself. What I got was I have to feel that now. I have to believe that now. Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, right? So I had to go with the beingness first, that I had to be fulfilled with my apartment. You know, I had to look around. I had to have it clean. I had to be fulfilled that, yes, do I want more? Yes, but this is fulfilling to me. I have a place. Gratitude. Okay, so then I brought that beingness to the practice, to the training of instruction. And I tell you what, I was up pretty quick. And that's not an easy thing to do in this company is to become an instructor very quick. And by being fulfilled, not I'll be fulfilled one day, be it now. I got the job traveling all over the world, getting in front of people, watching people have incredible breakthroughs, people calling a father that they haven't seen 13 years. I mean, I could do a whole call on just these results that I've experienced, I've never been more fulfilled. See, that's how that works. I've never been more fulfilled. And because of that, do you think 
I'm making good money? Yes, I am. I am. I didn't go into it for the money, though. Money's a vehicle. Money's a tool. It's what did I want to experience? So what I really, really recommend is get clear, like we did on the last call. What do you want to experience? Start being that now. Start being happy. Start being love versus now I'll feel love once I'm in a relationship. No. Feel love now. Do the work. Do seminars. Do courses. Set yourself with three courses next year. Would it, I love it to be PSI seminars. Yeah, I think they're the best. But make sure there's one other place too. And if you haven't done any courses, do all the PSI seminars first. Do the trilogy first. But then also, what else are you doing as far as your personal development? Okay, so to be what you want to be, do those things that you want to do, and you will have whatever it is that you want to have. That's the philosophy. That is just one look at commitment, and I want to be really clear here. That's just one perspective of commitment. There's so many different levels of commitment that we could talk with. You know, in our life success course, you talk about commitment is making a choice and surrendering to it. Okay, then you take that model into what I just talked about and you'll see that it works. Okay, so make a choice to be fulfilled. Make a choice to be happy. Make a choice to feel liberty. Make a choice to feel freedom. Make a choice. And then surrender to that how it's going to happen. You don't know. That's not important. If you just practice being it right now, oh, it'll come. That's what commitment is. It will come to you. You will attract it. That is the law. But you got to be it first. All right? So let's just – got to do one more piece here, Kat, because it's the new year. I just got to do this. Add one more little part to this for the new year. Okay, so get clear on what you want to experience. What are those things that – you know, if you want to experience liberty, you know, being free – you know, one thing I would go do right now if I wanted to experience that at a higher level is go. I'd go buy a motorcycle right now. That's just would be a goal. I'd just set a, mo- a goal for a motorcycle because when I ride a motorcycle and I ride it fast, I feel free. And I know that about me. I, I, so that's one thing that if I wanted to experience freedom, I'd go do set that as a goal. Okay, because when I am free and I feel that sensation of free and then I bring that to my my workspace, I bring that to my job, I am the best. And then the money will always come. Okay, so get what you want to experience. Set your goals that line up with happiness. Set your goals that line up with fulfillment. Set your goals that line up with health. You'll get them much easier and naturally, okay? And then the other part of it is, is that, this is more of the, the way we apply it versus just concepts. And it's going to sound so simple. Oh, but folks, it works. Okay, so say that, mm, say that you wanted to practice giving more. Okay, I'm just making one of the many up. I want to practice giving because I really want to experience contribution, which is one of the things that I want to experience at a higher level in 2016 is giving. Okay, so I could set it January 1st. I could set that, okay, this is the year I'm going to be more giving. I tell you what, though, in my past, by February, I'd be done with it. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that with health. You make a decision to be healthy, you join a health club, and you're working out January like nobody's business. And most people who go to health clubs, the the ones that go all the time, they don't go in January because they know they're going to be full. They'll show up usually the third week of February because they know people will be falling off by then. Why? Why do many people get off their commitment like that so easy when they were so on it January 1st, 2nd, or 3rd? Well, one of them was, I'm going to suggest they weren't clear of what they wanted to experience. They went to the gym to have something and to be something. So we've already talked about that. But the other thing, that if you want to experience contribution or giving, I want you to use technology. I want you to use the technology that is at our fingertips that I'm holding in my hand right now. And as simple as this sounds, it is so professional, it works, is to set reminders. Instead of just saying, I'm going to be more giving this year, 
No, I could sit down. I've already done this. I sat down with my calendar and with wonderful technology and um, reminders that can be repeated. It's very simply on my phone, on all my devices, what happens is I get a trigger. I get a trigger that says tithe today. I have a trigger, another one that says call a graduate today to see what they need. I just have many different inspirational triggers. Actually, I came up with four. I'll build that list as I go on, but I got four right now, and I have them come up. And they'll come up for the whole year. I had it set up for a whole year. I promise you if it's in your face and it's in your consciousness, you'll do it more often. Okay? So set what you want to experience, set goals that line up with that, set reminders that cause you to get up and go do it. We're going to have an incredible 2016 with that. All right, Kat, I know I went a little long. I got excited. I apologize. Let's go to some questions. Absolutely. It's great when you get excited about a topic. Benefits all of us here. Uh, first up, a why, uh, this is from CF, why is commitment to others sometimes easier than commitment to self? For example, having a healthy body. It's a great question. So why is a commitment to others easier than a commitment to ourself? Well, if we go back to it, we're, you're probably more clear on the experience that you're gaining when you commit to somebody else. There's, a, there's an obvious, well, maybe I should not use the word obvious, but you know what I mean, close to that. There's an obvious benefit. There's an obvious experience that you're getting. Okay, Remember the, uh, the fifth step to happiness is to what? To give. So when you give to someone, okay, or you commit to someone, or you do whatever it is that you're, you're speaking of, well, the, that actually, there's a chemical reaction to that, that you will be happier. And it's easier to do something when we're, like I said, when we're happiness is first. Now, we don't sometimes see it with ourselves. Easier to see it when it's on the outside. That's why when we start day one of the, the basic course and we tell people, it's not going to be a comfortable journey because you're going to be looking at you. We have our eyes usually focused outside of us on other people in the world. Now we're going to take a look at ourselves, and that's a little bit more uncomfortable is when we look at ourselves. So what my recommendation would be, and I'm not sure what area of life you're dealing with, um, is that what is the experience that you're wanting to have by your commitment with yourself, okay? So working out is a mechanism, okay? That's a mechanism. You can work out anywhere you want to. It doesn't matter, you don't have to be at the gym, it can be running, it can be doing whatever. Why? See, we don't want to go to the gym just to work out. Just the name is, is a little bit, ugh. Now, oh, we will for a girl, right? We will for a guy, won't we? Will we do it for ourselves? That's the question here. That's why he asked that. So, right? So why do we want to work out? See, work out's a mechanism. What's the experience you want to have? See, that's what's missing. If it's easy for you to get off of your working out goals, you're not clear on the experience. So just think about it real quick. What would be the experience that you want to experience by working out? And, and healthy, I don't think healthy is, is enough. You know, um, confidence. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you can visualize the one characteristic that we have that nobody else has on this planet is the ability to imagine something that doesn't exist right now. When you see yourself standing there and you're thin and you've worked out thinner, I don't know what that looks like for you. Well, what's the experience you're wanting to have? That's what's missing. You get really clear on the experience, then if, it, if working out lines up with that, you'll be at the gym a lot more. And it's not, it's not a guarantee. I mean, you're not, gonna, you're not always going to do your commitment. You know, and, and I wasn't going to do this, but I think I will count for this question. There's so many different angles, right? You know this when we deal with commitment, but I remember hearing this a long time ago from one of my mentors who just recently passed away. And he said this, that hopefully you only have a few commitments in your life. You have a lot of agreements. An agreement can be renegotiated. An agreement can be changed. I'm going to work out today, 3 o'clock. Okay, that's an agreement. 
that agreement can be renegotiated. If the business meeting is taking too long, you can renegotiate it with yourself or you can renegotiate it with your workout team. A commitment cannot be renegotiated. See? Listen to that again. A commitment cannot be renegotiated. A commitment is such a big experience that it's not, a, it's not something that can be broken. It's not something that I did today and didn't do it to yesterday. That's why the experience of being fulfilled, being happy would be a commitment, and then everything else are goals or agreements. So, again, just get really, really clear why do you want to work out. Okay, next question. Uh, next up, we have a question from AO. When two different goals or life visions conflict, how do you choose, for instance, between work and home? Great question. And I hope that was already answered, uh, to be honest with you, A.O. I, I, I hope so. Is it A.O. or O.A.? A.O. A.O., okay. A.O. All right, A.O. Um, I hope that was already answered. Um, so if you've got a goal of family and business, okay, well, as I'm drawing these on a piece of paper right now, then I have to look at what is my ultimate experience. What do I want to experience in my life? That's Mr. Wilhite. What's the intention? What's the commitment? Is it happiness? Is it wealth? Is it you got to get really, really clear on the experience and then look to see are they both in alignment with the experience that I want to have? Are they both in alignment with what I want to experience? And Let's say that one of them is not. It's not in alignment with what I want to experience, then that's what makes it simple. Let go of it. You're not going to get it anyway. Let me say that you're not going to get it anyway if it's not in alignment. But then what happens if you have two that both are in alignment, right? Say that you can see that, well, family, I mean, I tell you what, my connection with my kids and my partnership with my wife, you know, just after I've started living that now, I, cannot, I don't want to live my life without it. So that's, that's a large one for me. Okay, well, then business is over here. Oh, no. What I do for people, the contribution that I, that I am able to bring and the, the fulfillment that people get out of it and the fulfillment I get out of it, oh, no, I've got to do that one too. So it's not either or, okay? It's and. See, wealthy people speak the word and. People that struggle with wealth say either or. So what I would do is for sure choose both, and then you get bigger than any of these obstacles that could keep you from doing both. So don't eliminate one of them if they both serve you and serve other people. You've just got to get bigger that how can you be a great family man or woman and be great in your career because you can. Why do I know you can? Because you can already imagine it. Why, can I, why do I know you already imagined it? Because you asked the question. So in your mind, you've actually already imagined being a great family and also being a great career. If you can imagine it, you can do it. We have that ability, right? If you can imagine it, you can do it. Now, maybe what you ought to do is do a high-level leadership training, okay? And I don't know, A.O., if, if a male or female here. doesn't matter. We got one for both, Okay. Uh, a men's leadership or women's leadership, that you become the man, excuse me, or you become the woman, excuse me, if not, um, that can handle both of those. Okay, wealthy people rise above their challenges. People that struggle with wealth always reduce their goals to make it more comfortable. So set both of them and get to be that man or that woman that can handle both of them. Okay, next question. Uh, next up from CE, how do you recommit yourself to a relationship after you feel that your partner has betrayed you? Ah, I love these questions. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, that's a – oh, there's so much I could do with this one. Okay, first of all, everything is a perspective, if you will. Allow me just to go there for a second. That everything that we 
everything we see is a perspective. I was hurt. I was loved. I was, I was humiliated. I was, of course, it is a perspective that we have. It's, it's your way of seeing it. Um, as long as you see that you were betrayed by this person, um, the strongest recommendation I could be is, is, is to not get back into relationship with them. Now, I'm not telling you to, to do that. I'm, that would be my suggestion if I was coaching you. And, and the reason is, is because if you feel that they betrayed you and you had nothing to do with it, which you did. I mean, I just, I just got to be a little bit bold right there. You played a part in it. But as long as they, in your perspective, they hurt you, they betrayed you, then the next step that you'll go to is to resentment. Resentment comes out of a perspective that you were hurt. As long as you do believe that you were hurt and you had nothing to do with it, you'll go to resentment, and you'll have a lot of resentment in that relationship. And then out of that, you'll go into revenge, and you'll do different things in your relationship to play the revenge game because of what they did. So it's not necessarily the choice of going back with this person. I recommend strongly the work that you've got to do with yourself first. What part did you play in that? If you have done the work, go sit back into another basic and listen to an exercise called responsible slash victim. Where responsible, when I can look at that event and I can see the part that I played in this happening and I shift my perspective, then I'm free. Then I can be in a relationship with that person because I realize that, wow, I see how I set this up. I see the part I played in this. Where before I was just, I wasn't seeing it. You just hurt me. You betrayed me. You, right? But now I see the part. Now, I, I want to be really upfront with you. That journey might be tough, especially if you're in resentment right now and if you're in the revenge mode. That's going to be tough to step out of it and see the perspective. But I want you to hear this. Please hear this. You can do that. And that's what the value, the incredible value of doing seminars, not just reading books, but just sitting in the room and doing exercises like that. And if you are a grad, go back in. Find a class in January in your area. Go back in. It's on Friday night, okay? Get back in there and do that exercise with that story, okay? All right, next question. Okay, next up we have, uh, and I know she's not the only one who struggles with this, from LG. How do I start being committed to being on time? <laughs> LG, life is good. Okay, how do I start being committed to being on time? Great one. I mean, not, not necessarily a great question, but where I went to with that was, what a great goal to have is to be on time. I just, I really do respect that. I really do because it just says a lot for you to be able to even ask that. And for those people that, like she said, are not the only one. Um, okay. So what, wh why are we on time and why are we late? Let's just take a really easy look at this one. This is my perspective. We do this in the, uh, in the basic course. We're late. Now, okay, I'm not saying one time, but if we are constantly late, I mean, if it's a trend, if it's a habit, if it's been, you know, not just this one time in the last five years I was late, you don't have anything to deal with. But if you're consistently late, you have a perspective about you being on time. You have made it okay to be late and how you have made it okay to be late is in your mind you have convinced yourself of a great reason why it's okay to be late and i'm not i'm not sure which one you have done maybe there are maybe two of them and i'll give you a couple of them um some people believe that well it doesn't really matter five minutes it's not that big a deal. See, if you believe that, and you have a right to believe anything you want to, just every person does, you can, have, you can believe that if you want. 
that it really doesn't matter. In the scheme of things, in the schemes of being successful, it does, what's five minutes? If you have made it okay, keyword, if you've made it okay to be late because it doesn't really matter, well, you'll be late whenever it, it gets challenging. You won't have urgency in your step. You won't have motivation. You won't have drive to get there on time. You won't have, you won't have that urgency to get up early and then make sure your clothes are laid out, your dress, you're ready to go. Because already you've made it okay not to. You've made it okay that well, it doesn't matter. That's one of the big ones right there. It doesn't matter. Another big one that can happen for people is that everybody else does it, so it must be okay. If you have made it okay to do that because everybody else does it, well, again, you won't have the motivation. You won't have the drive. You won't have the urgency. Uh, another big one is that it doesn't hurt anybody, really. If you believe that at a very, very deep level, then you'll do whatever you want to. You'll do what's comfortable for you. You'll take it easy. Oh, and then realize, oh, I was late. I didn't realize what was going on. So my point to that is, is if you do want to be on time, you've got to get yourself to the place in your heart, not your head, but in your heart, that it is not okay to be late. It is not acceptable for me, and you haven't got there yet. Because once you get there, let me give you an example. I've never been late to a basic course. As a facilitator, I've never been late to a basic course. And I've been facilitating since 1991. And for many years, I was doing three basic courses a month. I have never been late. But yet, I'll be late in other areas of my life. Why? Well, I'll tell you what, because in my training to do the basic course as an instructor, it is not acceptable to be late. See, and I had support from a great company called PSI Seminars that lives that, that it's not okay to be late. There's, you don't get to use excuses. And then some people will fight that and go, wait a minute, but there's things out of your control. PSI Seminars doesn't deal with that. You don't get to be sick. People, what do you mean you don't get to be sick? People get to be sick. I tell you what. I've never been sick. Now, I have been sick during a class. I've never been sick enough to have to call in sick. We don't have that many instructors. I hope that makes sense. And I'm not just rambling. I'm making a point. It's not acceptable. It's not okay. I cannot call in sick. I cannot call in late. So what do I have to do? I have to get there really early. I have to plan much better. And I tell you what, I'm driven to do that. I have focus. I have motivation to do that because in my mindset, it's not okay. Other areas where it's really not that big a deal, oh, I'll be late. I hope that answers your question. Next question. Uh, next, this is actually another time-related question from SG. How much time do I need to put towards commitment? Oh, okay. Let me wrap my head around that one. How much time do I need to put around commitment? See, my head goes right there, two different places, <laughs> um, all the time. Okay, now let me backtrack there and just think about that for a second. When I say all the time, um, that would be daunting. That would be no way. I understand that uh, because we do have life. We have to do other things. But I think what maybe you might be asking is, is how much time do I actually have to, you know, to, to focus on it, to, to, get it, it to, to, to practice it, maybe it's what I'm hearing. Well, then what I've got to do is go back to Mr. Wilhite's talk where he said, when your intention is clear, the mechanism will always appear. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to focus on it. When the intention is clear, the mechanism will always appear. The how-to Right, The people, the ideas pop into your head, the motivation, all of that kicks in. So when the question is how much time, well, all I can do is share with you um, how I do it, you know, and I don't know how much other people take. You know, I do know a couple of other great leaders of the world who, who work with this work talk about it, and I, I really learned it from them. So let me just share what I do. I wake up in the morning. And I, I assess things really quick. I have three children. I have a wife. I have a couple of businesses. And so when I kind of come to, I, I kind of look around and realize, okay, I'm, I'm home. My, my kids are safe. You know, my mind always goes there. How is everybody first? 
And then once I, I'm starting to wake up and I realize everybody's good and I can focus on some stuff, well, then usually what I'll do is maybe run to the restroom, have a large glass of water, and then what I'll do is I'll go into a room. I have a meditation room, uh, which is just very simply a room that's quiet. It doesn't have to be anything great. Uh, and I walk in, and what I do is I close my eyes, and uh, I go into workshop, or else if I don't go to workshop, I just be with me. So I, you know, and I don't know why. Sometimes I do one. Sometimes I do the other. But what I do for sure is I take my iPhone with me. And right when I close my eyes, I set it for four minutes. And I know that sounds very specific, and it is. It's a little bit easier to remember four than five for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I set the timer for four minutes. Because one thing I learned at a course um, called Principia was I heard one man say that when you do closed eye work and you're into the subconscious mind, you don't want to have your mind wandering. Because when our mind wonders, it's very easy to go to a negative place. You don't want negativity in your subconscious brain. And I went, I buy that. I buy that hook, line, and sinker right now. Mike Dooley's his name. I'll never forget when he said that. And I went, man, I do that. If I just go in with no time limit, I can find myself starting to think negative. And I know better not have negative thoughts in there. So when, I, when he said that, I, I started literally, it changed the way that I operate. I go in. And I visualize me being happy, me being healthy, me having liberty in my life with my family. And I just picture those experiences. That's the intention. That's commitment. I picture that. I see that. I don't question how much money is it going to take. I don't question how much time is it going to take. I don't question who's going who's to do what. I don't. I just see the end result. And I see me happy. I see me fulfilled. I see my family and I traveling around. I spend four minutes dreaming and fantasizing. And I promise you, when that alarm goes off, I shut down that picturing and I open my eyes and I get out of there. Okay. Now, I have heard from other people that it's okay that if you can go four straight minutes with intention and you're rock and roll, there's no time for you to be wondering, then go to five. If you can fill five minutes without, you know, your mind slipping around and wondering and thinking of different things, then go five. Then if, if you can fill five, go six, but start with four. So then this idea is when your intention is clear, then open your eyes and go do what you do in life, your livelihood, your family. But I tell you what, bring your experience with you. Bring your happiness with you. Bring your fulfillment with you. Bring your intimacy with you. Bring your love to the relationship. Bring your love to your children. So bring what you want to experience to your life, and then watch the results come because they will. Next question. Great. Next up from KP, how do I stay committed after the feeling of being committed has left me? What are some things I can do? After the feeling of commitment has left you is a great question. When we commit, it's easy to have that experience where we just feel so elated. We feel so great. We feel so ecstatic, you know, and, and that is going to wear off. That is, please let me, I'm going to say that again. That will wear off. The emotions shift, you know, uh, dramatically in our life. And if we base our commitment on emotions, we're going to lose. If we think that we should always feel motivated, feel great, feel this, we're going to be we're going to be off target. So how do you do it? If you have if you are a graduate, then there's a model that you want to bring up right now. If you're a guest, I'll just simply explain it. Um, there's a model in the basic course that is called value circles, and what it basically says is in the center of this, you know, if you could, I'll give you another if you haven't seen it before, uh, an onion. Okay, you have the center part of the onion, or even if you don't like onions, maybe you tootsie roll, but the chocolate in the center, and then it's got layers on the outside. There's a couple layers, if you can imagine, on this model. In the very center, it says, we are great. We have been created by um, greatness, and, and, and we have so much greatness in us. We have imagination. We have autonomic nervous system. We have emotions. We have, we have everything that we need to be successful, fulfilled, and happy. We came into the world with it. That's who we are. The next layer is we've experienced events in our life, right? 
and out of those events, we start to create perceptions. Those perceptions are the way that we think. We start to have a perception about ourselves. We have a perception about people. We have a perception about money. We have a perception about goals. We have a perception about the world and even the universe. Einstein said this, if you want to know why you show up the way you do, just look at how you've answered this question when you were young. Do you believe you live in a hostile universe or do you believe you live in a friendly universe? If you believe that you live in a hostile universe, then you'll show up ways that line up with that automatically. If you believe that you live in a friendly universe, you'll behave in ways that line up with that. It's automatic. We don't have to think about it, right? So we have ways of thinking, and those are based on our experiences in life, what we were raised with, who was around us, what was their mentality, what was their, their mental disciplines? You know, were they positive? Were they negative? Were they positive when it felt good, negative when it didn't? You know, did they have control the way they think? So whatever was around us is a part of us. Okay, so that's the thinking. Now, outside the next layer is our feelings. This is our emotions, okay? So our emotions, you know, there's basically, you know, some core emotions, happiness, uh, anger, bitterness, joy, passion, boredom. No, these are all emotions. Emotions are all run by our way of thinking, okay? And then our emotions drive our actions, okay? Our emotions drive our actions. So if your emotions, if, if you have previously been using emotions to kind of guide you or to, you know, get you going, that's, it's going to be challenging, but you can still stay there. But what has happened is it sounds like you have got off the perspective. You've got off the thinking or the believing that caused you to commit to it in the first place. Okay, because at some point, if you felt excited, you felt passionate about this commitment, well, what generated that was a certain way of thinking. You don't just get happy. You don't just, right, you don't just get all these things. It's going to take work, and it's take work by the outlook that you have or a perspective that you have. So what you've got to do on that one is go back to what perspective did you have that caused the excitement? What perspective caused the passion? What caused the motivation? What's the perspective? Okay, so let me give you a couple of perspectives. 2016, what is your perspective of 2016? I just check in real quick with yourself and anybody who's on the call. What's your perspective of 2016? And you know what I really, really hope it is? That 2016 is going to be your best year yet because you've been building for it. You've been in practice. You've been in two-a-days for all you football fans. You've been in practice morning, noon, at night by all the relationships that you've been in, all the struggles that you've been in. You've been preparing yourself for success and i tell you what's coming in 2016 i hope that's your outlook what that does is that creates an incredible emotional state if you think that your best times have already been and they're in the past it's going to be a drag waking up it's going to be drag going to work why go to work my best times are already done i played sports and i was a star baseball player and that's what i talk about all the time and you're not playing ball anymore it's going to be really tough so just clarify your perspective. Why did you set this? Like that one, uh, the one question that was asked, you know, uh, why do I get off my commitments? What, what do I that? Same thing. Get back to your perspective that caused the great emotion and focus on that. Focus on that every morning, four minutes. Go into your workshop, go into your mind, four minutes. Get really, really clear on the perspective and do that every day. That's going to help a lot. Next question. That's actually all the time we have for questions, uh, though we do have quite a few people who have not done our courses yet on the call. And I do have a question here that addresses some of that from somebody who hasn't yet taken the class. Um, asks, you know, what are what kind of experiences can change your outlook on life and how much of success is mental? So if you could talk to that and also wrap up the call, give us some takeaway points from uh, about commitment. That would be great. Okay, so how do our outlook outlooks ex affect our experiences? So they're really great questions, kind of wrapped up in the same one. How much of it's mental and about our perspectives? Our perspectives are created by our experiences. Now, that's before 
you do personal development. And I'm not just saying that. That's that's a reality. When we start doing work on ourselves, now personal development could have been in your home working with your family. I'm not saying you had to do a course. But once we start becoming aware of it, we can actually create a perception. Okay, but if we have not done any work, then the, the experiences that we've had in our life, they do form, and they have formed in all of us, our experiences. I mean, uh, our experiences create our perceptions. Excuse me. So let me give you an example. So when I was young, there was an event, an experience that happened. Uh, my dad left when I was four years old. Um, I was the only young boy on, on our block that didn't have a dad. And I took that very personal. You know, at four years old, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the technology. I didn't have the understanding. My mom definitely didn't either. Nobody around me did. Um, I took it very personal, and I started to question what was wrong with me. What did I do wrong? What mistakes did I make? Why doesn't my father want to be with me? And that experience, I made it mean something. Okay, so when we have an event happen, we will create a meaning to it. And I created that I'm not lovable, I'm not loved. My father didn't love me. I wasn't good enough for my father to stay. So I and everybody else does this. When an event like that happens, we'll create a meaning. That meaning is our perspective now. So all of our perspectives are created by our experiences. Okay, so we go through life. I go through life. Um, I never opened a business, but yet I always wanted to. I would work my tail off for other people, but I was very scared to go open my own business. And I heard from everybody and every career that I was in, go for it. Go do it. You, you're one of the best in the restaurant business. You're one of the best. And I'm like, I'm still learning. I need to learn from people. But the reality was I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I was good enough. Well, I wasn't good enough for my father. And so how does that translate? I never opened anything. I never took the risk like that because I didn't believe in myself. Okay. Um, I asked a girl to go steady when I was very, very, you know, young, fifth grade, whatever steady was back then. You know, I gave her an ID bracelet. She said yes, and we were holding hands, and that's all we did. And I was on top of the world, man. That was incredible. Two weeks later, she was with a bunch of friends, and they're walking down the hall, and she looked at me, and she threw the ID bracelet right in my face, and it, it just bounced off my face and hit the floor, and they all busted up laughing. Some of them were friends of mine, I thought, and she just kept looking at me, and it was like she wanted me to see this. She, her head was even leaning forward, right, and she reached down, and she held the hand of what I thought was a friend of mine, and then they dated, actually, for the rest of the year. Um, I was devastated. And I know as adults, really easy. it's easy to look at it and go, and go, well, it shouldn't have bothered you. Well, for the first time of a young man ever falling in love, it was horrible. I was embarrassed. Um, again, I validated that I wasn't good enough. But then I also created some perceptions that girls are mean. And the one that was the most devastating that I never knew I created until I came to the basic course was the way to never have pain again in a relationship with a girl, the way never to have pain is to never fall in love again. And so now I've got a perception. I've made the rules. It's my mindset. And so every relationship I got in did not work. Every one of them would not work. They lasted between six and nine months because I was not fully in the relationship because I held back because the way to do that to never have pain is to hold back. So when they leave, it's not going to kill me. Notice that. When they leave, it's not going to kill me. So with my perspective, I produce my results, and I always got to be right. See, girls always end it. They would always leave because they're mean. So it is a perpetual motion. It is we will keep doing it over and over again. This work, the thing that I love so much about this work is our perspectives that are based on our experiences are subconscious. They cannot be in our subconscious. They cannot be in our conscious mind. There's not enough room for that, and that's not the function of a conscious mind. You'll see that in the basic. It's in our subconscious mind. They're not conscious. Okay. Why would I always get paid and spend money? I, 14 years old, I got my first paycheck. I went and blew it. 
Second check, I blew it. I'm 28 years old, living paycheck to paycheck. Why? I made raises. I mean, I made more money. I got raises, but I'd still be broke at the end of it, still living paycheck to paycheck. It was on one event that happened when I was young, and that was my uncle, who was very wealthy, who we had the best times in my life over there at his house during holidays, cousins, friends, and he passed away. And all those families that I thought loved each other were all in court for the next 12 years fighting over his money. And it was a very painful time in my life. And so I created another opinion, which is having money, which he did. He was the only one around me who had money, causes a lot of pain. So now that that's a subjective belief I have, then the behavior was very easy. Every time I get paid, get rid of it. Go blow it. Now, I didn't know I was doing that. That's how strong these beliefs are. And that's what's so great about this work. That's what you get to see. And when you can see them and you become aware of your perspectives, you can change them. And that's what the work in the advanced courses is, how to change perspective. I hope who's ever listening who has not done the course, if you really do want results, you really do want to have, whether it's a relationship or just like we've been talking about happiness or health, get yourself in a course. You know, call, I mean, my recommendation would be when you hang up the phone, just do it, take the action because you know us. Well, if we don't do it now, we won't do it most likely. So I hope you take advantage of it because if you're on this call and this work interests you, you will love it. Everybody has a dream. Everybody has a challenges. Grow bigger than your challenges. And that's what all this work supports us is navigating, growing above the challenges, not wanting to eliminate them to grow above them. Keep doing work, guys. Keep doing work. Get yourself in classes. Get yourself in riotic. Keep doing work and make 2016 your best year. That's it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. It was really great to have you back to back on these calls. And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the call and have new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. We're going to be talking about stress and how you can keep stress from overwhelming you and use it as a tool to push you forward. It's scheduled for Tuesday, February 9th. I know we had actually some people for this call who put in questions about it, so make sure that you register now at psiteleseminars.com and ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. If there's a topic that you are interested in and you would like us to cover on these calls, please hit us up on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and let us know what topics you'd like to hear about. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars who would like to find out more about the PSI basic seminar, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com. Again, that's PSIBasicSeminar.com. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.